creating and holding a safe space for young people and their families. This is the I Am Life Project. Today we talk to Julie Lodrick, head teacher at Kent College, about her experiences of running a school during the last few months and how things continue to change moving forward. be here with you it's lovely I should say (laughs) thank you for joining us I know you're very very busy at the moment I imagine you are rushing around a lot it is it is incredibly busy at the moment um we we break up uh, very soon uh, so uh, end of term seems to be just as busy virtually as it is as it is normally but uh, so it's it's actually really lovely just to kind of have a moment away from from the end of term madness so thank you oh you're welcome well we're, we're gonna you know we're gonna get stuck into some serious questions because I know people will be really keen to hear um, how your experience has been, Julie, and you've got such a fantastic school. I've got friends that are parents at your school that have been super impressed with how oh, you've been dealing you. with things. So well done for that. Thank you. Um, thinking about your experience as a head teacher during this pandemic, what was your initial reaction to schools closing in lockdown? I mean, what were your initial concerns, Julie? So when so it's kind of ingrained on my my brain really. So we. Um, we heard the announcement on uh, March the 18th from the Prime Minister, and he said, you know, end of school on, on Friday the 20th of March, that's it, schools will be closed. And I think initially it was that, all along, it's been that uncertainty, because with that announcement, there was no there was no end date at that time, if you remember. It was just schools were closing, mm-hmm. and our initial thoughts went to those key year groups, so um, year six, who, who will be transitioning into year seven, into their senior schools. And then also in that announcement um, came, came the news that public exams had been cancelled. So, and we knew no more than that uh, when that was announced, that there was nothing more around that other than those exams weren't going to happen as planned. So we had, well, because it was less than 48 hours to think about, to assume that, that we weren't going to be back at, by the end of the term. Um, so we tried very hard to uh, say some farewells to those uh, pupils who were leaving school, particularly in the upper sixth. Um, and and it was that rite of passage element of, of of students leaving school that was uppermost in our mind, um, and then sort of trying to get everything as organised as we could to move. And we'll talk about that later, no doubt. But you know, from move from lessons mm. to online, so it was it was a really um, it, it was a very intense forty eight hours. Yeah, I bet. And when you think about how, how parents reacted, what, what were they mostly worried about? What was the feedback that you were getting initially at that stage? 
So at that stage, again, because we, we didn't know what was going to happen in the future, um, the, the immediate correspondence, the, the, the priority, if, if you like, was, was communicating with those uh, girls in our year 11 and upper sixth whose exams were cancelled. Not that the rest of the school weren't important, of course they were, but, but that was the most direct impact. And actually, I think parents all along, parents have been fantastic. Um, and, and I talk widely, um, not, not just for Kent College, you know, it, it, it's been a real, everybody kind of has pulled together. And I think for parents, it was um, that they, they were very um, appreciative of the support that schools put into place in those, again, that thing, things that happened in those first 48 hours, because parents were, were just as concerned with what was happening to them as yeah. well. Absolutely. Um, so it was it was a mixed it was mixed emotions and you know trying to uh, trying to get trying to support everybody to make that transition um, from from kind of life virtually as normal in the middle of one week to lockdown on the Monday. And that's a tall order for anybody, isn't it? It's a lot to a lot to facilitate and a lot of a lot of people's needs that you've got to look out for what measures did you take right from the start i mean it's probably changed a lot over time so maybe how that's developed some 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 of it has um obviously i think leading up to the prime minister's announcement it, it, it didn't come as a surprise um we knew that something you know we were heading for something it was growing it was gathering momentum um, and that had become obvious, I think. Obviously, we became aware of it in January. It continued to kind of develop. And then over February half term, you might remember that, that there were lots of issues when people went skiing. Um, so it was it was early February that we began to kind of do some, um, do some planning behind the scenes. Um, and our main planning was to think about how we could deliver lessons online. So we'd done we'd done a lot of a lot of um, preparation in that regard. We, we've also got an online learning platform called Firefly, um, where where girls were already putting homework and, and 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 working with teachers. So in the weeks leading up to lockdown, we um, new word came into the vocabulary, and that was Zoom. Has anybody heard of Zoom? Um, because we think that might help us in delivering it would be a new normal word. So um our our preparation was around delivering a delivery of, of lessons and actually all credit to the to the teachers here. We we finished all on Friday. Um and on the Monday morning, school timetable started as normal online. And that's, that's been pretty nice. much the case ever since. So you've been doing running live lessons, have you? Oh, yeah. 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 And that's practical as well, isn't it? Because I do, I do have a very good friend, dear friend, whose daughter's at your school. And, I mean, dance, is, there, is everything's been interactive, isn't it? Is that, there's been a lot, isn't there? There's been, so everything that, so yes, dance, um, drama lessons, um, absolutely everything that has. I mean, I suppose the, I suppose kind of the things that we haven't been able to run are things like science experiments mm. and things. But, but actually, all our practical subjects, art, 
um, textiles. So actually a lot of what we did in the preparation stages is we sent girls home. So we sent GCSE and A-level textile students home with sewing machines and wow. you know, we sent lots of equipment home. Um, so yes, our curriculum Ha, ha, has virtually run as, as normal. Different again, because obviously we're two to 18. So it's been different for our youngest girls. That's mm. been, a, that's been a, 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 a different set of challenges. Um, but, but predominantly from the middle of primary year groups up to, up to sixth form, it's kind of just been business as usual, really. So has that been with has that been the trickiest part? The younger the younger pupils, or would you or what would you say the yeah, trickiest part's I mean, been? So the, I suppose the the, the the trickiest the trickiest things have been um, working out what's been age appropriate. So if you imagine our nursery children, um, what we've ended up doing is is kind of you know that, that it's very difficult to kind of get them to do anything the other side of the screen so parents you know the burden of kind of uh activities and keeping things going has fallen predominantly to parents in that regard and obviously our younger girls they needed a lot more support to sit in front of a screen and, and engage with their with their learning because a lot of their learning is through play and, and active learning um, so that was one thing. Um, and, and then as they got, got older, it's been trying to capture, you know, making sure that we're covering all elements of, of, of GCSE and A-level curriculums for, for those 10s and 12s um, who will be taking exams next year. It's exhausting hearing it. I mean, it's amazing. But, I mean, how did pupils react to the changings? Was it more positive than you'd expected with children being a lot more resilient than we often give them credit for and has that changed as weeks have turned yeah. into months i mean what yeah. feedback have you been getting from the parents as well i mean i think you're right nicole i think i think our all of our children you know across all schools i think they have been brilliant mm. they've been absolutely amazing that their resilience uh, has been extraordinary has been really and and it's interesting talking to some of them coming back you know they said initially it was great because you know isn't that every child's dream no school <laughs> and, you know not having to get up in the morning and and go you know schlep into school but they said they said actually that's worn off very very quickly um i think it's made children or whatever again whatever age and stage they are very very grateful for so many more things for school as well they're looking for they realize now what they're missing in school and as ever uh it, it's the little things it's that it's that kind of just being Seeing their friends, yes, but 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 just being and my my new head girl was saying, should I realise how how important it is just being in school, um, which is a place of safety and security. Whatever school you know children are at, school is is a safe and secure place. Um, so so that so, so they so, so the children have been the children have been brilliant. And I have said on more than one occasion that I think that this generation of children who have experienced this pandemic, I think that we will see from these children amazing things. I think oh, yes. well, in, in time to come, when they, when they reach the world of work, they will be the ones to have the most significant 
global impact for many generations. Um, I, th I think in a way, whilst it's been very, very difficult, especially for those who haven't taken public exams, I think they've kind of been given a very um, special and unique opportunity. Um, and, and I think they have all in their different ways matured exponentially. And I, you know, I'm just so proud of them. It, it, it's beyond anything that I would have ever predicted that, their response. That's incredibly positive. And, you know, it, it is, uh, I'm very excited that actually mm. our generation may seem, you know, Giles as well, I've got mm. children, we've all, you know, to see those changes come into play in our lifetime as well, actually, when you speak about that, because they have really matured. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. Well, I was also going to say, is this a chance for us to look at the way we do learning? I mean, you know... Oh, yeah. well, you know, this is an opportunity in some respects. Do you feel that? It, it's, it's a huge opportunity. And now we're looking at what we're going to harness in September um, to, to make sure, because I, I think it would be very, uh, you know, it would lack real foresight to kind of go, okay, pandemic's over, we'll go back mm -hmm. to the way we were doing things. Not, not at all. We've, you know, we've learned so much. Us as you know, as a school, we've come on in leaps and bounds. We've you've had to embrace the technology, um, and we found. Yeah, I think that there's a sense of you get get lulled into a, a, your comfort zone in whatever work you do. But everybody, the children, the teachers, the parents, everybody's been pushed to their limits, and actually, there have been some really exciting things to to emerge from that. So I think, I think. Giles, you're right, it, it, it will and it should transform teaching and learning. Absolutely. I think as well, so, I mean, that leads nicely on to uh, the next thing I wanted to ask you, which from your vo uh, viewpoint, there's been a change since the start of lockdown in concern for pupils from parents and perhaps teachers too. Um, for example, it started out as academic worries and keeping up yep. academic standards, but over time there's more concern and emphasis on addressing the mental health of students as they have had increasingly less contact with people outside of their household, or has it been equal throughout? What were your, what are your thoughts on that, Julie? So I think, of course, the longer it's gone on, of course, um, making sure that the students are all right in every sense has been a real priority. And actually, whilst uh, whilst our, our focus was on setting up the online learning, the other thing we did from the outset is we had um, to support our, our plan for learning, teaching and learning. We also had a plan in place to support our pupils. So again, that was from the nursery teacher ringing up nursery parents once a week um, to um, class teachers in the primary school contacting pupils and parents. And in the senior school where the girls are a little bit older, that direct pastoral care. So every girl has been contacted by a member of staff every week, a form tutor, a student manager to say, how are you? How are you doing? what do you need are you are you all right and that has been just as important as um as supporting their learning um and that that program of pastoral care um 
has been essential because you know it goes back to that you know that kind of cliched line but i use it a lot happy children learn happy children learn that they're not gonna you know they're not going to learn if there's anything troubling them um so yeah it, 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 it it's been of equal importance and I think that just remaining connected where we can, which I know isn't, it's easier for some schools than others and I appreciate that, but it is that keeping connected and keeping that dialogue seems to be very important. I mean, you must be very pleased and proud of the staff and the support that you yeah. had making that happen, the way the schools address that. The, 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 the staff have been amazing because I think in, on the one hand, you know, teachers could have just thought, well, I teach... You know, I, I teach whatever subject it is that I teach and that's all I need to do. But actually the teachers have gone every day, all day, every day, have gone above and beyond. And, you know, that that word, Nicole, we, we talk a lot about connection. Mm. Connectedness is so important. So we have, again, as well as new technologies with the online learning, we've utilised social media to reach out to the girls and we've you so for example the PE department have put um have put uh their PE activities on Instagram and have encouraged the girls to engage with those, show each other what they've done. Um, so we've really supported and said, come on, you know, social media is your thing. And yeah. now is your chance to use it. Let, you know, you, you go ahead, you girls, you tell us what you've been, you've been doing. And so we have, um, it's been really lovely to see what the girls have been doing and that they felt comfortable and confident to share, you know, to share what they've been doing in the garden or anything else. So, yeah. I, lo I love that, but in particular, I, I, I've said this a few times, but I just feel with, certainly with having two primary school children myself, and I've always sort of, you know, limited screen time and, and had, had the argument that I'm sure every parent has with their children about what content they're watching and using, and, and it really this experience has made the use of social media for slightly older pupils and students, but also that interaction with their friends. I mean, sometimes my son is speaking to his friends online. It's it's made a connection. We, we, it seems like we're using it in the right way now, rather than it being a way to separate us. It's actually bringing us together, uh, which I hope yeah. continues. You know. and, and I think that the, 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 the children, um, this generation, I, I think that this will recalibrate them. You know, we've seen them... Um, wanting to engage at, um, and, you know, face-to-face -face now, now that some of them are back. So, uh, again, I think, it, 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 you know, that's, the, the, there's good to come out of this, uh, you know, these challenging times, and that will definitely be one of them, yeah. And has there been any other extracurriculum? I mean, you talk about PE online and things like that. It's, I mean, I imagine drama and all those things. You've probably done lots at the school, haven't you? So we have done absolutely, well, we, the teachers, have done loads and loads of activities. So um, we, the art department have put art challenges up and say, you know, just for the whole community, um, create a piece of art. We did that with a, with a museum earlier in, in lockdown. Last night we had our, um, it was streamed live for us all to watch as a concert. We had our gala, opera gala and musicals evening. Wonderful. Um, we had a virtual sports day. 
We've had uh, we had a whole a drop down day off timetable, and the girls we had a V day celebration. Um, so the girls had wartime activities. Um, we had an outdoor activities afternoon. We've had um, we've got a production of the Flying Dutchman to go uh, live before the end of term. So uh, there's been some. Oh, one of our sports captains arranged uh, a, an equestrian show. They did a dressage competition. Um, the girls, but not only that, they have also engaged with. Um, again, this is where I'm so proud of them because they've gone right. Okay, we've got our online learning going, and we're doing our activities. But what more? What about our local community? And the girls have um, made PPE. So one girl Amazing. made 500 visors. Our textile students made non-surgical gowns. Um, one girl crocheted gifts for NHS staff. We live in, we're in Pembury, and of course we've got strong links with the hospice. And the whole school engaged in the most lovely uh, appeal. The, the, the hospice put out hearts for hospice appeal. Yes. Taking hearts and donating funds to the hospice. And the, the school was just awash with, with beautiful hearts. And so, you know, it, it's been activities, but also um, really a, a lot of engagement with the community, which has just been phenomenal to see. And that's, a, that's another amazing thing to come. I mean, I know you do a lot of work to support um, different charities and community, but again, and I know Giles has done his own little, he's done his own thing during lockdown, um, but everyone's got more involved in yeah. charitable causes and just it's, it's just raised the exposure of things that are going on in and around the world, not just this current pandemic and crisis. I think it's made parents and children alike more aware um, that there are little things that we can do to really help and make a difference. That's actually very enjoyable to do as well. It really brings you together. There's a great community spirit. It's a feel good factor that we all want in our lives, you know. And and I think now that there has been that time, and I think that's another word, you know, the the emphasis on community, Mm. I really hope that that for us as a school, but also through our ISSP, which is our connection with other local schools, you know, we can continue that emphasis on the community because the community things when we've done things that have kind of involved a community effort, one of the things we did was um, uh, an initiative called Run for Heroes. Uh, and, and, and our P department said, oh, should we try and, should we just see if we can run um, maybe 100, run or, or walk 100 kilometres? And that started off as something very, very small. It ended up being the whole school community um, ran, walked or cycled a thousand kilometers between us brilliant amazing and, and, and it wasn't you know and it wasn't the it, yes it was helping the nhs but it was that kind of coming together that i think we we should really capitalize on going forward and make sure that, that we we continue to give the time to that absolutely and i mean when you think about having all the pupils back i know you're about to go off onto the holidays virtual um but in a normal non-social socially distanced uh, environment whatever that may be what are you most looking forward to seeing and do you think that's changed to what you might have said a year ago say i think it might have might change slightly yeah. yes i i think 
I mean, obviously, we've got some pupils in school now. So after half term, um, we had, you know, the government said, well, we'd like to bring back nursery reception year one and year six. Um, and then we've managed to bring our whole prep school back for the last two weeks of term. And we've had some year tens in and lower sixth. And and I think, I, I, I think, I think I've said this before, but I think there will be much more of an, eff, an emphasis on on the little things the girls the girls seemed very very content to just be with each other mm. and my study window looks out onto the, to the lawns of the prep school and you know children are so adaptable i've been watching over the last few weeks the little ones they're now playing in a socially distant way mm. um but what's more important to them is is just that being together and i think there will be an appreciation of, of, of those smaller things in life and, and things that are really of value yeah, um, yeah. In, 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 in life. So I, I think it's about, um, it's about going back to what Giles was saying, see how we can make teaching and learning, uh, you know, utilize all the technology and see what we can do there and make sure that we hang on to and create the space for that very human interaction it's the human contact and interaction for so many people that we realize just that you know humans we need to be tactile we need to touch and be with each other and and i think when schools come back and we we mustn't get caught up in that freneticism that, mm -hmm. that, that we had before i think it's just allowing time for us to be not to do anything just just just, just to be together that's wonderful. I, I, I mean, I totally agree with you on that, as you know. Uh, I mean, you do so much, um, as I know, Julie, thinking about mental health and, and the welfare of your students and your teachers and your community. Um, I mean, I know that's important to you in the school. Obviously, we're here talking to you from the perspective of the I Am Life project. And one of the things we want to do is help in some way anyway really as simply as just being um to just incorporate really simple self-soothing techniques and to help bridge some gaps that there may be mm. through no fault of anyone just because the way society is mm -hmm. between teachers and parents and students and the community i mean is that a project where we hope it'll help you but do you think that is something knowing how much your emphasis is around mental health and, and looking after people that will help schools like yourself and other schools without without a doubt nicole because the thing that i've sort of um observed even more over the last uh, few weeks is the well-being um physical and mental is is different for each individual it's different for children and it's different you know each child will need something else and i think i think having a whole variety of options that we can give to our children mm -hmm. i think that's going to be critical so for some children having time in school to, to engage in, in well-being uh, activities that's good for them being able to say look here's here's a resource out of school that might appeal to some children um, and, and, you know, you can almost sort of um, kind of identify those children who would benefit from, you know, taking part in an I Am Life yeah. workshop yeah. Uh, that 
that, that's perhaps out of the school environment. So I think the more that we can put, we, the more options we can give, the better. We, we had um, we had two drop-down afternoons for our Key Stage 3 girls, uh, we, and they could choose from a whole raft of activities from, from really simple things like, you know, just make sure you drink some more water mm. to going for a walk, to making something, to creating a podcast. Yeah. And it's about saying, what out of all of this will be good for you? So I think there's no doubt that um, that, that, that having that option will, will be a wonderful resource for parents and schools to offer the children. Yeah. I think as well, it's that, um, you know, as we all do as, as adults, myself, I know with my mental and physical wellness is incredibly important. And there is, like you say, really simple self-care methods that we know more about as adults that we can implement into young adults very simply. And it could just be being outdoors or doing some simple breathing techniques and cool meditation not you know we don't want to to scare them away with with language but it really is just as you so beautifully said throughout this chat um just being and just giving them a safe space just to be who they are and actually it might just be they want to just have have a chat or they you know one of our first workshops will be talking to someone who's who does work with art getting them to be creative because i'm sure you have experienced this within schools getting children to be creative as we've had to do more of in lockdown it just enables them to be very calm they they the anxiety levels tend to you know they, yeah they do so i think anything that we can sort of implement and help Absolutely. each other with that yeah. would be great um i mean you've you know obviously you've previously looked at mental and physical wellness within school with clubs or lessons going forwards beyond the time we're living in now i mean is that something you're going to keep going with you have said you're going to be you're incorporating more but is there a strategy in place you must have so many strategies julie i can't begin to imagine (laughs) but is uh, have you got more of those planned in place as a school in specific Absolutely. I mean, as it is at the moment, one of the things that we've done over the last couple of years that I don't haven't kind of heard other schools doing is we've taken an afternoon a week and we we call it our sport and well-being afternoon. So it's an afternoon off timetable. So for those girls who enjoy their team sports, the netball and the hockey, then they can do their team practices. But for those other girls, there's an afternoon to um, engage in a well-being activity with their teachers um, and that's again that's age and stage appropriate that can be a welly walk it can be yoga it can be climbing it can be outdoor activities but again I think the, because, touching on something we talked about earlier um, well-being is also around connecting so it's those connections with teachers when you when you spend I, I would often go uh, I would take a, a group running um, out into our lovely grounds and it's those connections that you build um, through the activity is almost doesn't really matter what it is it is those connections and it's that time out and you said Nicole it's about saying to children that you that, that, that you as a human being you are more than enough yeah. you are good enough because they are riddled with, with kind of oh, I, I don't have a this phone so I'm not as good as that person or I'm not as good at this you know it, the, the message I think after you know going forward has to be to our children that you are more than good enough 
you are you are a wonderful human being and have the confidence to know it and to believe it and it's giving children the time and the space to explore who they are um that that then feeds into the kind of that 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 whole well-being and and sport and being active and you know being active i think that's another thing that's kind of over the last few weeks you know we've seen families walking and Mm -hmm. you know it doesn't really matter you know it's not about forcing children saying right everybody in this school they play hockey and netball it's saying what do you enjoy doing so i think it's it's finding a very um the strategy if you like nicole to come back and answer your question it's about taking a very individualized approach Mm. there's no one size fits all to well-being but I'd lo- I love that thought. That's such forward thinking, which, you know, when we go back again to you saying how this generation is going to be yeah. really excited, it's because of that forward thinking. I think that's, you know, because there is this, that, like you say, this sense that we're not enough. And it's, it's finding out who we are and knowing that's enough. We're all incredibly special. Yes. And we, 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 we give ourselves a hard time going up against each other. And I think um, that, that you, you said that beautifully. As, you know, one of the co-founders of the I Am Life Project, we're so excited to start to talk to you more. I wondered if you could, just for the sake of our audience that might not know about the ISSP, Julie, would you be able to, because I know that's something that you really brought to the area, and um, I obviously work with you on other projects to do with the ISP, but I would love for you to just tell our, tell our listeners a bit more about <laughs> <Yeah>. that, please. <laughs> um, so the ISSP stands for the Independent State School Partnership. Um, I, I think for too long there's, there's been a divide between independent schools and state schools, um, and I came from an area where there was already an ISS, very well-established ISSP. Uh, again, the, the, the whole purpose of an ISSP is by pooling resources with local schools in your area. So for us, it's kind of Tombridge, Tombridge Wells. What we're doing is the core purpose is to see what, what more can we give to our young people what what opportunities can we do together that we couldn't necessarily do on our own that we can provide to our young people um so as as well as that what what then falls out of that to go back to the connection is those connections that we make in the local area um as as educationists so as teachers as heads um, there's another network there because because this is again going forward this is this is everybody working together because our I think that's the only way forward for our young people to give them the best start in life is for everybody to come together and say what can we do for all of you so it's just things we, we're, we're still quite small and we've started simply but it's things like let's come together and let's have um let's let, let's put a lecture on um last year we were going to do it again this year but we had a whole day of master classes around a theme so for those children who are particularly interested in 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 a specialist area it's about saying well here's some more to to kind of fire up your enthusiasm and your imagination and your interest 
So it's really schools coming together to work for the benefit of the children in, uh, and we, we kind of, we've called ourselves West Kent because we're kind of covering that, that area. So it's what more we can do. And of course, Nicole, we've worked together on the, you know, um, on the soapbox challenge, uh, getting, getting children across Tunbridge Wells to build their own soapboxes. Um, and, and hopefully we can get that up and uh, running again very, very soon. Absolutely. And I'm not entirely who's more competitive, actually, the children or parents. <laughs> Uh, 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 well, well, no comments. No, no comments. <laughs> <laughs> but I, but I think again, it's it's you know, it, when I first heard about the ISSP, the, the timing, you know, all of this is just, yes. you know, obviously having a, a conversation with you about the soapbox and just getting the children involved again on a creative practical design um, and then actually engaging in an event and everything that you've been talking about with us this morning um, you know again that this is so crucial for this time with what we've experienced with this pandemic and I just think your forward way of thinking is really commendable um, you know we're, we're very excited to work more with you on lots of different projects that, that really just you know it really is as simple as bringing the community together and schools are a great way of doing that and they're a great way of um, you know, obviously accessing these young adults and, and giving them what they need. So hopefully when they get to our ripe, well, my ripe old age, they're, they're a little less tarnished around the edges and a, and, a, and a little more bright and bubbly. That's that's the hope, isn't it, I guess? Absolutely. It's been a fantastic, fantastic chat. I'm very excited. And um, we are so pleased to be hosting our first workshops on your amazing grounds. I mean, they really are beautiful. There's talk of even possibly a bell tent popping up, and I know the views are stunning. So um, we're just thrilled to be able to say, yeah, no, thank you. If you would like more information on the I Am Life project, please email connect at the I Am Life project.com.